Hello, my friend. Welcome to the broadcast today. Thanks so very much for joining us. Well, my Bible's open again. It's open to the book of Titus. Get your Bible out and join me there if at all possible. And by the way, I hope that you make a habit every single day of opening your Bible in a personal, quiet time with the Lord, letting his word speak to you. That is letting God himself speak to you through his word. And then you take what you've read, turn it back and pray it back to God and say, God, help me to be what this passage says I ought to be or not be what the passage says I should not be. We need to be people who open our Bibles and read it. Amen. Well, get your Bible and join me, the book of Titus chapter 1. Also get something on which you can jot some notes. I've got a gospel tract here I want to talk to you about. I'll do that in just a moment, but let me prepare us for the broadcast this way. Tell me, on a scale of 1 through 10, how would you rate your pastor? How would you rate him? Would you give him an 8, 9, or 10, or would you give him a rather mediocre number? Now, friend, just in case you are thinking that people should never rate their pastor, I just simply remind you that all of us do it all the time. We rate his sermons, whether they're boring or interesting. We re-rate whether they're too long or too short. We rate his sermon illustrations and so on. Many rate their pastor's apparel and that of his wife. We rate his jokes or his lack of jokes. Beloved, trust me, preachers get rated all the time. But now, let me ask you to rate his character. His character. If you feel unqualified to rate your pastor's character, then you could never be Titus. Titus was left on the island of Crete by the apostle Paul His most important task was to be the evaluation of the character of men to see who was qualified to be pastor. The good news is this. Titus had a list, a list of things to look for. So before any of us rate our pastors ever again, we had better study God's quality list here and use it rather than our own to rate our pastor. Get your Bible and join me. Titus, please, in chapter 1. I mentioned the gospel tract in my hand. Now, friend, a gospel tract is simply a short written piece of paper that tells the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's a short written presentation of God's plan of salvation. It's designed to be a helpful tool to expand our ability to communicate the gospel to the lost. The one in my hand right now is entitled, What God Wants Everyone to Know. What God wants everyone to know. There are seven things in here. This track begins, frankly, at a very, very basic level. The first question is this, who is God? And we answer that. The next question, where did you come from? Another one, where did Adam and Eve live? There's one of the questions is this, what is sin? Then we get to the question, who is Jesus? And finally, how can you go to heaven? Very clear, very simple, beautifully put together gospel tract. Friend, get these tracts from us. That's the main thrust of our ministry. We do radio to help people know about that we can give them gospel tracts free of charge. This is our 80th year. Here is the mission statement of our ministry. It is this, taking the word of God to all the world 
80 years and counting. For that length of time, we've been publishing gospel tracts, giving them away free of charge, paying the shipping, and my dear brother or sister, I would love to put into your hand a sample packet containing one each of all of our English tracts. To do that, you need to give us your name and your mailing address. My announcer will give us our, give to you our contact information at the end of the broadcast. Please be ready with pen and paper or just go to our website, which is BibleTracksInc.com. Remember that word tracks is spelled T-R-A-C-T-S, BibleTracksInc.org. All right, if your Bible's open to Titus chapter 1, beginning of verse 6, here is what the Bible says. If any, speaking of pastors, if any man be blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of riot or unruly, for a bishop must be blameless as the steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, no striker, not given to filthy lucre, but a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, temperate, holding fast the faithful word as he hath been. Then taught that he may be able by sound doctrine, sound teaching, both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. Stop right there. We now begin our third week of studies here in the book of Titus. My title for these, this series of studies is this, How Can We Do Healthy Church in Un- holy ground. And by unholy ground, I mean the culture that we're in. I have a secondary title, which is simply this, Titus, building a team, building a church. And chapter one of Titus is about healthy leaders, pastors here. They are called in this passage, both the word by the word elder and bishop in chapter one, both those words describe the person that you and I commonly call the pastor. And verses six through nine deals with the character of pastors. And Titus was to find pastors for the various congregations there on the island of Crete. So the apostle Paul writes him a letter uh, with this itemized list of the character qualities needed, according to God, for a pastor. My outline for verses 6 through 9 is this. A pastor must be, in verse 6, a family man. In verse 7, he must be a faultless man. In verse 8, a friendly man. And then in verse 9, a faithful man. But we're back here in verse 7, and last Friday we began to walk and talk our way through the qualities of anger and not given to wine. The next characteristic mentioned in verse 7 is that the pastor is not to be a striker. Not to be a striker. This word refers to a person who gets into fights, including fist fights, or he thinks that the best way for settling disputes is to be done with a meeting of the other person out behind the building. And just in case you're not sure what I mean by all of this, a striker is a quarrelsome, fist-fighting kind of a guy. Now, that has no place in the life of a pastor, whether his blows, his fists, his blows being done are done with his physical hands or verbal words. It's not supposed to be in the nature and character of the pastor. Verse 7 ends with one more prohibition. A pastor must not be given to filthy lucre. Most of the world has heard that term, filthy lucre. 
These same words are used over in 1 Timothy 3 in the list about pastors there, and it's also mentioned about deacons still in 1 Timothy chapter 3. Church leaders, pastors, and deacons need to be free from the love of money. They should not get into spiritual work, and I'm speaking here of pastors, not getting into spiritual work because of the financial benefit of it. They rather get into the work of pastoring because God has called them to the ministry. Now, the vices listed here in verse 7 are not to be part of the pastor's character. My title for verse 7 is that the pastor is to be a faultless man. When it comes to the list of these five negative things here, the pastor needs to be blameless. He needs to be such that no accusation about these qualities can be made against him and that they stick. Have some pastors been accused of these? Yes. Correctly at times? Yes. But there's been a lot of pastors accused of these, but it just couldn't stick. That's the kind of guy God says we need to get. But then we move to verse 8. My word for verse 8 is friendly. A pastor must be a friendly man. And verse 8 begins with our English word, but. That means instead of. Instead of being those negative things in verse 7, he is instead rather to display those six things mentioned here in verse 7. The first one being given to hospitality. He loves hospitality. I am told that, I have not checked this out, but I've been told that the word translated hospitality goes back to the idea of having the latch on the outside of the door. Oh, you ponder that for a moment, friend. If you have a door to your house built in such a way that the latch, the handle, is on the outside of the door rather than on the inside, then, friend, anybody can come into your house whenever they feel like coming in. Now, now, please don't use this illustration in its most literal sense, but let's do think about this in a practical life pattern sense. Pastors are to be those men who like other people. They like people. They enjoy them. And they are not frustrated when their life and their situations are interrupted by people and their needs. I went told that often in Bible college, the difference between an A student and a B student is that an A student cannot be distracted by the people around him, but a B student can be. Pastors need to be men who are aware of those around them and aware of their needs. Being given to hospitality, oh, it's far more than letting people into your house for a meal once in a while. It's the idea of people knowing you and knowing that you are open to them, your life is open, and you enjoy them being in your presence. You like people. I do think we see that displayed in the life of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Verse 8 also says a pastor must be a lover of good men. Well, actually, the word men is not in the Greek text. The word means they, they love good. They love good things. Yes, they love good people, but they love good things. Pastors are to be men who love and encourage good. 
One of the most powerful things any pastor can do. If you're a pastor listening to me right now, if you're a deacon listening to me right now, if you're somebody in a local church wanting to strengthen the men of your church, one of the most powerful things any pastor can do, any people can do, especially in the lives of the men of their church, is to identify those things in the lives of men that are Christ-like and applaud them and just say, hey, I noticed this in you. Encourage men when you spot growth and godliness in them. Pastors need to be lovers of good things. That is good men, yes. Good decisions, yes. Good marriages, absolutely. Good truth being put into good practice. Pastors are to love this kind of stuff. Applaud it. Make them beam from ear to ear. And then, obviously, be men who role model that as well. Dear friend, if this is not character traits of your life, whether you're a pastor or not, these are traits for all believers to strive for. Let's ask God to help you and I to be these kind of things, because if we're like this, we will be like Christ. And that is our goal, amen? Dear friend, if you don't know Christ as your Savior... It starts with you repenting of your sin and receiving Christ. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracts Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracts, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois, 61702. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.